0: Ladies and gentlemen, presented by the WZWA network, it's the Insider's Edge Podcast with your host, California. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Insider's Edge Podcast here on the WZWA network. I'm your host, with the most on the West Coast, California in theory. It's a joy to be with you all once again. And speaking of a joy, Right here, right now, I get to speak to somebody who's
1: in demand. So
0: in demand that she's actually in an airport right now, which you can probably hear in the background. Uh, because of her multi-talents that she's got within the pro wrestling industry. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one and only multi-talented Sam Latona.
1: What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. We managed to get this going through a very Um, long what is it a time distance time difference
0: yes that's right (laughs) and I always get the time wrong I thought we were supposed to do the interview like four hours ago and then I realized I got the time difference way off
1: it's yeah when, when I have to do like interviews like with Japanese talent or like talk to my Aussie friends, uh, I, it gets a little bit dicey. Like I'm, I'm messaging them at 7 a.m. and I'll get like a response back 12 hours later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. Uh, and it doesn't help that the the time zone and the t- uh, time zones, the time changing over there all the time with uh, uh light daylight savings in the U.S.
1: Uh, Do you not have daylight savings in Australia?
0: Not in, not in uh, my city. No, not in Western Australia. I I think they change every now and then over east, but over here never. Um, oh, okay.
1: good. Yeah. at least you have to deal with the hassle of it.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because everyone hates it when it becomes that day where you got to get up an hour earlier. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sam. Okay. The first question I always have, a, uh, ask them, ev- sorry, I always ask everyone on the show uh, before you got involved in pro wrestling. How did you become a pro wrestling fan?
1: Yeah. Um, so I actually uh, started watching wrestling when I was seven years old. It was a total accident. I had been exposed to like, what is it? War is Raw, the video games in the late 90s through like Family Friend. But I didn't really know who, like the people that I was just, you know, toggling on the on the controller were they turned out to be hbk and Stone Cold steve austin uh but a couple of years later in 2002 my mom had a splice box uh television which is an illegal cable uh network thing uh that was popular then uh and i was just looking for something to watch and king of the ring 2002 came on and it was the night that brock lesnar won king of the ring and i watched the whole thing and it was a great experience. I was like, I need more of this, but I didn't really know where to watch. I was like seven years old. So I just kept going at the same time, same uh same day. And I'd keep seeing these pay-per-views like once a month. Um, and then I learned, you know, okay, wrestling's on TNT, which is what the channel was then. And couple of other things uh but yeah it's been a it's been a a long way way more than 20 years of me watching wrestling
0: (laughs) right cool well that's like a good place to start because that's kind of near where i began although i began in like 1998 but 2002 i was really into it at that point so i think that's a good show to start with uh so okay you're a fan uh you're watching it illegally uh as me and my friends (laughs) did we did it all the time uh my friend had one of those things as well so uh (laughs) It was very helpful because my mom wasn't going to be able to afford all the pay-per-views every month. There's no way. Um, no,
1: absolutely not. <laughs> there's, Same a time,
0: there's a time your path of fandom ends up getting you into a position where you want to try and get involved. And from my research tells me that maybe you actually uh, started doing some training uh, with Lance Storm. Yeah. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Um, I When I was a teenager, I went to a house show at Madison Square Garden and it really like ignited my passion for like wanting to be more than just a fan. So when the time was right, um, I actually began training with uh, Johnny Rods, who is a WWF Hall of Famer uh, in New York City at Gleason's Gym, uh, World of Unpredictable Wrestling for about two years. And then I wanted to expand and grow. And I'd heard so many good things about Landstorm School. uh, So I invested a hell of a lot of money (laughs) to go to Canada, move there for three months and train. And it was the best experience of my life. Um, I'm glad that I have a, a background in wrestling prior to starting broadcasting because I feel like I do know what wrestlers go through a bit emotionally, psychologically, um, as well as, you know, just kind of knowing the ins and outs of like how a match can go is definitely helpful for things like commentary. Uh, so yeah. And Lance is an awesome person like inside and outside of the ring. I learned so much from him.
0: That's great. You know what? It is important. Even if, uh, even like, if you're in ring time didn't go, you know, too long like for me it didn't go too long for me either but when you like you know start to make contact with pro wrestlers they find out that you, you worked a little bit then like you, it's a bit easier for them to accept you whereas a lot of the time you yeah. might be walking in and be like oh who's this chick what was she oh oh she got oh she was trained by Lance Storm and Johnny Rods okay okay forget it yeah she's cool um yeah you know <laughs>
1: definitely yeah I found that like the boys were more likely to like give me an interview when I first started when sometimes they're a bit weary to do so Uh, so thank you Lance thank you Johnny
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no very helpful stuff it's definitely helped me too even though I geez I was a weekend warrior I wasn't in the business I never got paid to wrestle I paid to wrestle Uh,
1: (laughs) hey Uh, that's okay because you know now you're contributing doing interviews and stuff like that there's something for everyone that's what I think
0: that's it, and and uh, you know this has probably been the best thing I've ever done as it pertains to wrestling, and and what you're doing is is so great too. And I'll be honest, you only came onto my radar this year because uh, yeah. I I've been watching MLW this year, uh, and when you're doing work with Impact, I don't think I was watching back then. Uh, but I saw you pop in on NWA Power for a few weeks, and I saw, thought to myself, oh, she's got a cool jacket. Who's she? I've never seen her before. And then a few weeks later, I heard you commentate uh, the uh, Sukkaban, I believe it's pronounced, uh, show, which was very cool. Uh, So I just wanted to let you know, like, my background in how I got to know who you were. And uh, first opportunity to work on the broadcasting side of things. uh, And also tell me, like, what led to that, you know, trying to, like, stepping out of the ring and and moving into the broadcasting side.
1: Yeah. um, So I had a couple of really bad concussions that affected my personal life as well as my wrestling life. Um, Yeah. So because of that, and then a bit of a botched move in an intergender tag match where I suffered a compression fracture in my spine, it could have been way worse. Um, But that's when I started thinking of stepping back. Uh, So I haven't wrestled since 20, 2019 at this point, and I stopped being involved in wrestling at all for about six months. And I was feeling kind of down. And as a lot of people on the internet know, Masha Slamovich is one of my dear friends and uh, one of my biggest supporters. One day we were working at this restaurant uh, and I was crying in the coat check because I still wanted to be a part of wrestling. And she was like, you know, you can still do this. Why don't you start a podcast? You've always been great at talking. Like maybe this is your calling. So I decided to start WrestleT in 2020. And within a couple of weeks of starting that, Mike Quackenbush from Chikara contacted me, um, little known anything, wrestler or broadcaster to be the host for Action Arcade, which was the new series that they were going to be putting out in 2020. And uh, yeah, the rest is history after that. Um, I, I kind of chomped my chomped my teeth at Chikara and learned a lot. It was like a crash course because uh, Quack does have very high standards, but uh, yeah, and then just Camp frog from there. If anyone's familiar, it's on IWTV. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was a fun little pandemic, uh, slightly cinematic wrestling idea that myself and a gentleman named Chris Levin had. Uh, so kind of went from doing broadcasting stuff to producing and creating wrestling shows while hosting said wrestling shows. And then IWTV gave me a chance, and that really was when everything started to pick up.
0: That's so cool. That must be so exciting when, when all of a sudden things are picking up and now you're getting opportunities with all these uh, great wrestling companies. Um, yeah. So uh, Impact Wrestling, MLW, NWA from what I've seen. Uh, how would you compare the experiences of working in these three different companies?
1: So, hmm, I don't want to give too much to you. No, I'm joking. Um, I had great experiences <laughs> at all three. Um, with MLW, it was like my first glimpse of anything TV related and I was super nervous. So I just wanted to do a good job. Um, the locker room is like a great supportive locker room. Um, I know that I have the respect, had the respect of my peers there. And I think that the powers that be there after a couple of months really started to put faith into me, um, to help produce segments and give my input. So grateful for that creative outlet that MLW gave me. Um, and getting to agent like one or two of their uh, in-ring promo segments, which is really cool as a woman um, and as a broadcaster. Uh, NWA, uh, I was only there for one weekend of tapings uh, to replace May Valentine that weekend. Um, May's fantastic. That's her gig. But while I was there, everyone was so nice, really fun locker room. I also loved that there was the camaraderie after, because we were all just kind of shooting the shit for a couple of days after shows and having fun at the hotel, Um, And it was a locker room. I wasn't familiar with a lot of people, but everyone um, welcomed me in with open arms. Uh, All the Midwesterners and the Southerners, you know, I'm from the Northeast. (laughs) So that's kind of my beat. and like, I know West Coast people. So it's great to be welcomed in. And then Impact, um, never thought I'd get to work there. Was so grateful for the opportunity. Um, Obviously my friend Masha is there. A lot of people I work with on the Indies are there. So I did feel comfortable Um, and everyone is very professional. And I love that, um, you know, everyone kind of understands the assignment there. It's like, this is what I have to do. This is my task and I'm going to do it. So I don't feel like people need to be micromanaged uh, there. And I think that they really liked me because I'm going to be back in January. So I'm excited to see what the future holds with impact and, uh, you know, everything related to the Indies in 2024.
0: That is exciting to hear. Very cool stuff. Uh, you know, when you showed up on NWA Power, I'm someone who fears change. And I'm like, where's May Valentine? Where is she? This is Who's this Sam? Lata- and then when like she came back, and I'm like, oh, where's Sam? Where did she go? Oh,
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the uh, the girls and boys at NWA were like, where's May? Are you taking her job? And I'm like, no, I'm not taking her job. Like, huge fan of May. I met her at conventions uh, once or twice, um, and from what I understand, she just had a very important commitment, and I'm right. grateful that you know Billy and the powers that be wanted me to be that person that weekend. But if they ever need me, if May ever wants to take a vacation, I'm here for it. Uh, But May does a fantastic job and NWA is in good hands on the broadcast
0: front. Absolutely. And and I wanted to bring it to the commentary, uh, because I I watched that Sukoban show. Uh, For those who are out there who aren't aware, it's uh, Bull Nakano's uh, kind of US-based Japanese (laughs) women's wrestling company. Uh, How did you enjoy that experience?
1: Um, I was super nervous (laughs) ahead of doing it just because um, I, I understand that like there are different styles in wrestling, right? American, English, Japanese, et cetera, uh, Lucha. So you have to call on commentary slightly differently and understand the ebbs and flows of those matches and uh, unpopular opinion, but I never grew up being a huge fan of Japanese wrestling or Joshi until I got into wrestling. Um, so my knowledge compared to like people who've been like watching new Japan and all Japan for the past, like 20 years, you know, and Noah and all these places, DDT, um, it just wasn't in the same, I didn't have the same knowledge quotient. So I just went into it, um, nervous because there was that, that variable of, you know, not, I didn't want the Japanese talent to like be upset, you know, we treat them with a lot of reverence here in the States. So I just wanted to do a good job, but, uh, e. Sakura, Came up to me at the end of the show and she's like oh very good very good um so yeah. i i'm super uh excited about that because i i'm pretty sure that she does a lot she's quite involved there um so all in all it's great and i had an awesome commentary partner in beta scott who has substantially more um experience calling some uh, japanese style matches so it all worked out
0: <laughs> that's good yes no because yeah. uh, you know i watched the show and you two made me laugh quite a bit i thought you did a great no job either. Um, I didn't know anyone on the roster really uh so I was going to a brand new uh, I'm kind of a, a tourist in uh Japanese pro wrestling as well so I'm just just starting understand to, that. <laughs> exactly. um okay I wanted to talk to you about this because I'm very passionate about this it's about a, a backstage the backstage interview okay and this is this is something that's kind of your bread and butter a little and uh, there's, <laughs> there's, there's one thing that is it's a it's a pet peeve of mine, and I'm seeing wrestling companies all all over now. They're utilizing this kind of cut and paste technique that they do every week. I find it to be a lazy thing. And I want to know your opinion on it. His here's, his here's, okay. uh, Turner, she's backstage. She's interviewing somebody. You ask a question. Ten seconds into the question being answered all of a sudden somebody walks into the shot and interrupts and then there's a confrontation between the two wrestlers it happens on NXT AEW WWE terribly sometimes impact not so much NWA uh but for me it is my biggest pet peeve i can't stand it uh have you have you noticed yourself that this is quite prevalent in pro wrestling and it, it, what do you think of it
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that there's certain like entry points and exit points for interviews. Like there's like a finite amount of scenarios that currently exist that are very common within wrestling. Um, So that one, the interruption being a very, very big one. Um, I personally don't mind. I think I minded a little bit more when I was still up and coming. I mean, I am up and coming still, but like greener as a broadcaster, because I wanted those opportunities to say the full question and, you know, Mm. practice my delivery, um, and perhaps not be interrupted by Matt Cardona. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I I love Matt. He's awesome. But literally every time we do an interview, I'm like, so the usual, and he just cuts me halfway through and does his thing. Um, but really at this point, like, I think, uh, whatever is best for like the show is what should be done in the interview. And I generally trust the producers to Uh, do that and if i'm working on the indies i'm the producer so i kind of just try and get the creative juices flowing in that sense and not (laughs) do like a an interruption of the interview like wrestler a is interviewing with sam and then wrestler b comes in and oh they're fighting you got to change and kind of i try and realize like okay if I worked wrestling open, for example, last week, if I were to be there this Thursday, I likely wouldn't do a confrontation like that again, right? Because unless it made sense and like things were escalating and maybe there was a stable member and, you know, so stable member B is now going to attack person from the other stable. I don't know, some some stuff like that. It is annoying, I get it. Um, But at the end of the day, I'm just there to do my job. So unless there's something that's very um, strikingly off that would, in my opinion, uh, be of detriment to the show, I'm just
0: there to talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. I just I the fact I had the chance to talk to somebody who uh does this uh for a job, it it was it was more selfishly for me to vent to you about it because last episode of NXT, it happened three times. I'm like Somebody please let Mackenzie Mitchell get through her interview. Uh, Oh, my gosh. I feel bad for them sometimes. (laughs) Poor Gia Miller. She's trying to ask a question, and here comes someone else screaming and carrying on. And I'm like, these these ladies are trying to get the scoop, and you'll ruin it for them. Uh,
1: (laughs) I know. Sometimes the scoop is never meant to be had. Let's just say that. (laughs) Within wrestling.
0: (laughs) Yep, fair enough. Okay, well, we're getting slightly close to the end of the interview here, Sam. I I know you've got a, a, a flight to catch. Uh, I'm so, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you just you're so in demand, you know. Um, but it's uh, this has been really fun, and I, I want to know some, a, a few more little things about you. Uh, sure. Biggest goals that you have ahead of you, that, even the smallest of goals that you might have on that bucket list, as far as progression in your career. Um,
1: so I'm a very goal-oriented person. Uh, so I just want to continue, like growing within the confines of wrestling um, right now, my immediate goal is to grow within impact uh, TNA. I mean, uh, <laughs> starting in 2024, never thought I'd say that, jeez. Um, but yeah, to, to grow with that company, I think there's a lot of opportunities there uh, right now. I'm just doing their digital media. Uh, content, but you never know. There, there, there could be an opportunity to be the on-air interviewer if Gia, say, put into a commentary position or something. She's doing color for Behind the Impact, and she's doing a great job. Um, so, yeah, just growing with Impact. I'm going to be starting my own podcast, uh, which is something I'm excited about. It's going to have to do with wrestling history and probably have rotating hosts and guests. Um, I kind of let the uh, Wrestle T like interview stuff go. About two years ago, when I started to get more on-air work, which was probably not—I mean, not a mistake—but I could have focused my energy on, you know, YouTube and digital media as well as the on-air. So, kind of going into that and giving a layer of myself fans don't already know from like my prim and proper presentation on television. So, those are two things I'm really excited about, and uh, yeah, a long-term goal. I mean, you never know what the future holds, but it would be really awesome to be like a woman commentating in a play-by-play position at a major company for one of their marquee pay-per-views that is definitely a long-term goal for me and I'm gonna do it
0: well you know this is things things need to happen for the first time and uh, there have been female commentators but no one has done the play-by-play no one has been in charge of the proceedings so uh, I'm in your corner I'm in your corner (laughs) Sam because I I really thought that uh, you two ladies did a great job on that show uh okay. for sukeban i always panic before saying it because i think we're going to say it wrong even though i know i i know how to say it
1: <laughs> so just so you know it's not pronounced sukeban oh, <laughs> i didn't want to correct you but oh. it's pronounced uh skabon
0: skabon well it should be i had no idea s-k-u or s-k-e
1: I know. I, I, I meticulously wrote down everyone's names for the show, got the Japanese translation because there's no way you're going to mess up a Japanese talent's name or the show name. So that's the only reason I know I say Sukeban when I'm not on the call, but it's Skeban.
0: <laughs> okay, it's Skeban. Okay, now, now, I know. now I know. This whole time, this whole time you allowed me to make a fool of myself, Sam.
1: No, I just didn't want to, you know, make, make, make you feel silly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm Australian. We're terrible at, at uh, pronouncing anything. Uh, so I let's... love
1: my Aussies. Two of my closest friends from training at Lance's are from uh, Melbourne and from, uh, oh my God, where's Eli? He's in Adelaide.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know right. Adelaide. Like, uh,
1: the Perea, you know, the Perea, the tag team, the Perea.
0: It sounds familiar. I I I will admit I I kind of ignore Australian. If you ever run into why. them,
1: tell them Sam says hey. <laughs> I will.
0: I will. I got. I got to get more into the Australian stuff because uh, I feel like I'm becoming a bit of a snob. Uh, but I shouldn't be. I should be. You know. I should be more. I don't know. I, uh
1: the Australian scene is an interesting one, from what I understand. So. <laughs> it is. Yeah.
0: It is. From what I hear, that they're, they're all arguing with each other over East. Uh, but over here in Perth, it seems like it's. <laughs> So quite a nice little atmosphere with everyone um okay that's well, that's cool. is there anything else that you'd like to plug
1: uh let's see well keep an eye out on my social media uh, on instagram at sam Laterna on twitter at sam Laterna. i'm going to be uh releasing a podcast come the new year so stay tuned for that um also my last indies of the year uh on this thursday it'll be streaming live Uh, Check out the Scave on Twitter for info on that. And then I will be at Limitless Wrestling for their end of year show on December 16th. It's going to be streaming live on IWTV limitless is my home so please support them and uh in january after taking a wonderful two-week break i am going to be at hard to kill when tna comes back baby we're live in las vegas nevada at the palms resort and casino and the day after we have snake eyes which is our tv taping for tna so check it out guys i would love to see you there or know that you're watching
0: Awesome, Sam. And we've got one final segment here on the show. And I know you can do this. It's supposed to be quick-fire questions for quick-fire answers. I want to learn about your favorite things. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> Sam Turner, do you have a favorite professional wrestler of all time? Randy Orton. Excellent choice. When you did <laughs> wrestle, who would you say was your favorite opponent?
1: My favorite opponent was, oh, that's hard. I really enjoyed uh, Chris Statlander and Masha.
0: Excellent. I thought you might say Chris, because I saw that you two worked quite a bit. Yeah, uh, we wrestled. If you have one match that you can look back on during your time uh, in the ring, what was your favourite?
1: My favourite match that I was a part of? Yeah. Um, a, a match that I'm really proud of is from Angel Gate Wrestling, myself versus Nikki Victory. Uh, stylistically, we both really appreciate chain wrestling and European style, so we got to do that. And I feel like that was my best match just from a technical aspect.
0: Very nice. Now we're moving into the arts. Uh, favorite book.
1: Favorite book. Ooh, that's hard. Um, I I just love historical fiction. Um, as a whole, uh, and like biographies. Big into like Tudor biographies, like English okay. dynastic history. Um, and then just as of late, if anyone's trying to like really put a boost into their twenty twenty four, you are a badass by Jen Sinchero teaches you about developing good habits and kind of you know, uh looking to your future in a positive light and changing your mind to change your life. So I would say I'd recommend that one.
0: Okay, very cool. Uh do you have a favorite TV show?
1: <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um anything reality TV related. I watch a lot of mind numbing reality TV when <laughs> I am home. Um The Bachelor franchise is probably like my my guiltiest, guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah. So that-
0: Okay, that's cool. Uh, by the way, don't feel embarrassed. Uh, the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal Sabu's favorite show is like The Real Housewives of New York or something. like. I don't know. Are you
1: serious? Yes, I couldn't believe oh what he told me. <laughs> I cannot wait to meet him in person and talk about it because I just oh, finished the last season.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite film?
1: Favorite film? Um, I do, but off the top of my head, I can't think of it. Let's see. Let's think wow yeah i'm having a brain fart but uh i love comedies oh okay. uh how to lose a guy in 10 days is like one of my all-time favorites um and eat pray love is really good and then uh what's that crazy stupid love romantic comedy that one's one of my favorites it's nice that's also good. a good
0: one I agree. yeah as you um, can see
1: i'm not going for the oscar winning stuff i'm going for the, <laughs> the comedy <laughs> <laughs> the stuff.
0: that's okay uh favorite musical artist or band
1: Ooh, okay, so right now, Queen Herbie, American uh, rapper and lyricist, great stuff, kind of like that boss, boss made vibe music when you need a hype up. Uh, and then of all time, one of my all time favorites, you'll like this because you're an Aussie, ACDC. Uh, so yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Okay, now we're talking. Yeah. I, um, get away from the arts now. Favorite food?
1: Ooh, I love dumplings. Dumplings oh. are my absolute favorite food. I get them at least once a week. It's a problem because I eat a lot of spicy food, but it's great, yeah. Dumplings. Yeah,
0: no, fantastic choice. Uh, favorite place to eat on the road? Yeah.
1: Wawa, cookout. Yeah, Wawa and cookout. Those are my two favorites and Cracker Barrel, but no one ever wants to go to Cracker Barrel. We never have time
0: oh bugger well there's some (laughs) choices there uh favorite alcoholic beverage and if you don't drink just a favorite beverage in general
1: um so i'm a little bit of a cocktail snob i like a drink called uh the aviation it's a gin-based drink with a little bit of creme de yvette which is a lavender liqueur it's really nice easy to drink gets you pretty sloshed be careful
0: all right, okay, I'll, I'll take note yeah. of that I ever have one. Uh, second last one, it could be considered a naughty one, but sometimes a very, uh, you know, nice answer could come out. You never know, it depends who you're interviewing. But this uh, is favourite male body part or attribute? Something like, you know, you see a good-looking guy, Sam. You know, what, what will Sam look at first when she sees a good-looking guy?
1: Oh, I already know what I'm going to say. Uh, I like a good calf. I love a good calf. It's probably because I've been watching wrestling since I was seven years old, but I like a man with a nice developed calf, right? there not too big, not like a turkey leg, but some nice definition there. Like I will literally, yesterday I was walking my dog and I did a double take, not because the guy was cute, but I literally looked at his calves and I was like, damn, those are some good calves. (laughs) So definitely calves get me. Um, Yeah, there's a running joke that I will not say, but there's a wrestler with very nice catted calves and... (laughs) stuff
0: anyway all right (laughs) excellent excellent you know what that's the first time and I think this is uh interview number 175 for my podcast I think that's the first time congratulations that's awesome oh thank you very much uh and Sam look you seem like a a nice lady um the last one here though favorite curse word I don't know if you I don't know if you curse very often
1: I, I do actually I never curse on air Um, it's like something I'm pretty against but uh, yeah I I curse like a sailor Um, I do really like the c-word in America it's very uh, very (laughs) frowned upon Mm -hmm. I know in in Australia it's like you know you're sick c-word and like everyone says it you know yeah (laughs) Yeah, my Aussie friends actually got me into that when I was spending three months with them now I say the c-word and my mom's like stop it uh, but yeah, that and I love I love the word bitch. I'll say it out loud now because I don't think I don't mean it in like a derogatory way. Like I'll go up to a girlfriend of mine whom I love and I'll say, "Bitch, what's up?" You know. Um, so I think it's a, a nice term of endearment. Not everyone agrees with me, but yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I get it. See, see, bitch can be that way—a term of endearment, just like the c word is here in Australia.
1: Exactly. Yeah, how you going? Yes. And you'll word? know if it's meant to, exactly, and you'll know if it's meant as an insult or something endearing based on context. But that's what I think.
0: Excellent, Sam. Well, fantastic answers there (laughs) to find out about your favourite things. And we've come to the end of the interview here, Sam. Uh, What good fun this has been. Uh, And I really look forward to hopefully one day bringing you back on uh, in in, in the future uh, after you've accomplished more goals and ticked off more things off that bucket list. Uh, I believe in you, Sam Returner. I believe in you.
1: Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. And good luck with the podcasting. Let's get to episode 200, right? And then 300. So we all have to have goals. I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, if you ever want to interview me again, just shoot me a message on Twitter.
0: Wonderful, Sam. Thank you very much again. And thank all of you out there for joining me here and my new friend, Sam LaTurner here on the Insider's Edge podcast, California. And guess what? I will see you all next time. Thank you. Network, that's the way we fly. Good yeah. God, all my team. Don't pay. Network, that's the way we fly. Get yeah. puppies.
1: 15, don't pay. Network, that's the way we fly. Get yeah. all announcement has been paid for by the WZWA Network.